You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because I have a very special guest uh, this week, very close to me. You know, if you've been uh, listening to this podcast for a while, you know, there's people from America, UK, Colombia. Um, so it's always cool to get a, a fellow Aussie on the other line. A little bit about this person. She's a Kajabi, a Kajabi and Keep expert. She helps coaches, consultants, and course creators grow their online business by removing tech overwhelm and helping with the sales automation side of things. Now, if you're listening to this, they're probably some of your favorite words, right? Removing tech, removing overwhelm, sales automation. So we're in for a treat. Uh, She's the founder of the Sparkle Class Academy. She's the creator of the Sales and Marketing School, all the way from Victoria, Australia, the one and only Ms. Sally Sparks-Cousins. Sally, how are you? Woo! Hey, Jonah. So so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation to come and hang out with you. No, I'm excited. Um, Sally, I like to start all these podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Oh, uh, I do. And it's sitting right behind me on a chair. It's getting shit done, baby. <laughs> honestly i'm an action taker and i've got another little quote sitting down there about imperfect action is better than no action at all and i think both of those kind of go together well i have it everywhere um and i send even even stickers out to (laughs) all clients as well with it on i think it's a a great way to live yes no i'm a huge (laughs) fan of that myself um stanley i've obviously been following you for a little while on instagram now so i know what it is you do and i gave you a little bit of of an intro but i mean there's going to be a lot of people being like well but how does she do it does she give us the technology does she do it for us does she teach it what is it you actually do how how do you actually help people there um yes so i'm uh, I'm an automation nerd. I love figuring out really complex problems and problem solving them to simple, simplify them. But I actually do everything you just said. So we actually have three different uh, services that we offer. So we've got the DIY, which is just an online course that people can go through and teach themselves how to do automation. Um, and then we also have a done with you program. So that's the same. They do the course, but they literally sit in a Zoom room. I have a team in their eight hours a day and they can build and automate their business. And if they ever get stuck with the tick, they can go, help, where's that little line, like the long squiggly thing, the spaghetti thing that you showed me yesterday, or how do I change that button color? Uh, so if they can't, if they can't click through it, I'll say, oh, just give me your mouse and, or my team will, and we'll just quickly grab their mouse and show them. And re- we record literally every question. So if we show them 10 things, they can go back and watch all the replays. And then we've also got our agents. So we've got a team of builders and we do it for them. If they're like too busy or don't really want to learn how to do it, just need it done, we'll build it for them. So we cover all of those areas of automation, but I love automation and sexy, sexy numbers. Uh, I love looking at people's funnels and seeing where the holes are and where they're converting or where they can be improved. We've got a, a build it, measure it, optimize it mentality that we always do. And um yeah, I geek out. Like, I literally dream about tags <laughs> um, and how to name them well and how to make them work uh, to the point where we now have our own tagging system so mm. that 
it, when people use our stuff, if they go off and use another agency, they can actually use it and replicate it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody bring me their automation. I'm like, it's easier if I just build it because automation is fabulous, but it has no rules around how it all works. You can tag however you like. So yeah, we've even created a, a tagging system um, that I, I, sparklified, as I like to say. I added a few little extra pieces from another guy called Tyler Garner, who teaches one as well um, from Box Out Marketing. So yeah, we uh, we dream it. We uh, love it. And the more complicated, the more excited I get. <laughs> love it. I love especially that tagging because I'm, I'm probably a, a bad example of imperfect action. I was like, yeah, let me go and set up automations and I yeah. set them all up with no system. Now, if you look at my my CRM, the tags yeah. have no formula. Yeah. You know, I just need to guess and try. Oh, what did I do this? No, it wasn't this. So that system's exciting. Um, yeah. And I'll just let everyone listening know. Everyone listening is probably like, man, I need at least one of those services. So what I recommend doing is follow Sally on social media. I'll put her links down in the show notes. She's very active on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and you've also got a 14-day automation challenge starting soon, Sally. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, we do. It's uh, a challenge is going to actually teach you all of the different uh, customer, well, the journey of a customer. So we call it the customer life cycle all the way through from when they don't know you through to cold, sold and beyond through to the nurture and fulfillment and then asking for referrals once they love you. So yeah, we're going to teach you about how to automate each of the different stages that a customer goes through as they get to know you. Awesome. And I'll put the link for that challenge down in the show notes as well. So if anyone's interested, jump there. Um, let's get into it, Sally. I, I might hand it over to you. Where, where do we start? Let's say let, I'll paint a picture and we can go through a bit of a journey there. Let's say there's a course creator. Uh, they've got a course, but they're doing most, if not everything, uh, manually. What's the first thing we need to automate or where do we start with automation? Yeah, for me, stage one, which is lead generation. So mm. you can automate all of your lead generation um, and make sure that, you know, you've got those emails going out to nurture them after they give you their lead information. It's great to create create a course and I think it's fabulous. But even for those who are thinking of creating a course, start lead generation now yeah. because you then will have people to sell to when your course is ready. So many people I meet are like, oh, I'm not ready for automation. I'm like, the longer you leave it, the more things you have to fix later on. Even if you've got a business idea, if you start automating from the start and set those processes up really early in your business, you won't have massive holes and gaps to fix later on. So definitely lead generation because that's the fastest path to profit, right? I'm like, start where the money is, lead generation um, and automate through to a consult uh, is always the first best way to go uh, because you can sell a higher ticket item you can add one-on-one -on -one services into your courses if you're automating to consult um, and then also you learn the messaging of your clients because mm. you get to speak to them more rather than guessing what they say you literally hear it from the horse's mouth exactly what they say so that's always where I always start that's the very first funnel we build for anyone is a lead generation funnel to consult Gotcha. That's awesome. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that because I think that's very important. Question here, and let me know which way it's easier to go. Do you, when we're talking about the automation here, 
do we get the lead manually to start with? Do we, you know, post in Facebook groups, connect on uh-huh. LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, give away a freebie manually, and then we we've got that automation set up in the background, or do we find a way to automate the the initial lead gen first? Yeah, oh, great question. And wow, we could go on for a long time. About That's this a whole one, podcast right? just on that, right? I know, right? <laughs> just where to find leads. Uh, I guess what I would say normally is I wouldn't throw a lot of money at, say, Facebook ads to get your leads just to begin with until you know that your funnel is working. Otherwise, like, like I have dropped $20,000 in a month on ads and my Ooh. funnel wasn't actually converting well. Mm. And uh, so just make sure you do drive a bit of traffic through it. In regards to where to find them, the first thing I'll always ask people is where does your audience hang out? You know, where and also where do you like to hang out? Mm. So if you're a TikToker, then get on TikTok. I definitely do not do TikTok. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, for me, I But then I always say pick one platform and get really, really good at it. Learn all the ways of generating leads on one platform. So uh, for three years, I decided I'm going all in on Facebook. Mm. And we went from 2,000 followers when I first made the decision to 100% focus full-time on Facebook. We grew to 70,000 in 12 months and we're sitting about 125,000 now. We uh, we learned all the strategies using Facebook groups, uh, making conversations in the DMs, um, on your Facebook page, your personal profile, and joint ventures. So they're all the free options and then moving into paid options as well. Now, back then, paid was much easier than it is now with all the iOS changes and, and them taking away all the analytics. And it, it's just a huge headache. For somebody who loves paid ads, It it's just becoming a lot. <laughs> a lot harder. Joint ventures is a fabulous way to find other people that have a good audience and hook up with them. Mm. Uh, do they have a, not a competitive, but a complementary audience to you and uh, get in front of their audience, uh, serve them, serve first, you know, give, 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 and then ask. So pick your platform. We've now just moved across this year to Instagram. So we're trying to learn all the ins and outs of Instagram. But lucky for me, my my business is doing well. I've got a team. So we do spread our content over other platforms. But the one we spend the most time on and measure our sexy numbers is now through Instagram. Uh, Oh, and Clubhouse has been really helpful as well with, uh, you know, it being so closely linked at the moment anyway to to instagram so that's also helped but uh yeah so that would be what i would recommend first is choose the one that your customers hang out on and uh, most of my customers are sort of you know mid to late 40s and above uh they're usually you know at that time in their life and there's more to life than just a job they you know so a lot of them still hang out on facebook but they're experimenting over in um, instagram as well but yeah we still have a presence in both uh but uh replicate that content doesn't mean you can't mm-hmm. use the other content um uh, the other platforms, but uh, replicate it. You know, don't spend a lot of time on there. Um, I will make content specifically for, say, Facebook or YouTube, um, sorry, Instagram, but we'll just put it on YouTube or put it in other places, even though it's not specifically made for that, just so we've got a presence there. Yes. Um, 
yeah, and then always having that call to action. Uh, uh, always say, you know, DM me or drop a comment below or just drop the link and get them to click on it. And uh, we buy URLs all the time for our different promotions so that it's really easy to say, to send people to. And, uh, and also, you know, pick words that people don't have to, like, look up mm. in the dictionary on how to spell it. <laughs> Entrepreneur is the worst, right? Everyone's oh, like, hey, my God. <laughs> I wish they had an easier spelling for that. And English is my first language. I know. Do you know how I write that probably 50 times a day and I <laughs> always spell it wrong? <laughs> right click correct on the <laughs> while I'm typing when that little red line pops up underneath. <laughs> Agree. Awesome. All right. Wow. Such good infos there. I'll, I'll give a really quick breakdown on that and then we'll move to the, the email automation side of things. So yeah, love what Sally said. I agree hundred percent. Like she basically mentioned three ways, either um, organic paid or joint venture. Um, if you go on organic, just pick one, you know, and you hear it all the time, you know, and I used to be guilty of this. I'm sure a lot of people listening are, if, if someone was to ask you, Hey, how are you marketing your course? And they're like, well, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube. Great. What are you doing? All those things. I don't have a clue. <laughs> you know, how much leads are you getting from all of those? Pretty much none. You know, it's so much easier. Just go all in, in one, like anything in life. Like these are skills you need to study. Right? It's like, imagine you were, someone was like, oh, what are you studying? Well, I'm studying medicine and law and accounting and you can't do all of those. You know, maybe eventually master one first, then on to the next. That's important with, with social. Um, if you want to skip the queue, because that's long and hard work doing it that way there, you got two options. There's joint ventures, which is great. Find someone who's already got your, your list. What Sally mentioned is the key there is relationship. You know, I, I get it all the time. You know, someone will hit me up and be like, Hey, Jono, can you promote my thing? And I'm like, I'm busy enough trying to sell my own thing. Why am I going to help you out out of the goodness of my heart? You know, but if they've helped me out before, I'm almost in debt to that person. They've helped me out. You know, they've helped me get there. Um, of course, I'm going to help them out. So that's important with, with joint ventures uh, and the paid side of things. You know, once again, you can skip the queue that way there, but you got to be willing to invest. It's not a matter of, you know, hey, I put a thousand bucks in and I want to get four thousand bucks back next week. You're probably going to have to spend thousands either getting someone to teach you uh, or learning in errors. So I, I love those things there. So let's move on to the automation side of things now. So great. You know, we're going, we're getting some leads. The goal is, uh, is a lead magnet always the, your suggestion there, Sally, to start yeah, with? Yeah, I've got like one of our, well, we've got lots of sayings and philosophies that we live by, but ours is give, 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 and then ask. Um, yeah. I, you know, rule of three for so many things. One day I'll write a book on threes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, always give first. Um, and it's not like, you know, when you're in, you know, the course creation model, or as I call them, the influencer or online business model, you need to give people time to get to know you. Yes, you will have the jumpers that might meet you the first time and go, yay. And they buy. I wish that happened all the time, but mm. it doesn't. Most of the work we do today affects our bank account in three to six months with that particular lead. And uh, then what you want to do is make sure once you capture their information that you're giving great value and you're continuously showing up. Now, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I've got a lead magnet and a few emails. That's great. But what happens after those five emails mm. get delivered? Does the email just sit there? Is it dormant until you go, oh, I might just send a newsletter or I might just run a promotion? We do not let a lead stop moving. They're constantly moving through our CRM and no 
unless I unsubscribe, they do not stop moving through lots of different offers. We have cycling offers. Uh, we've got, you know, long-term nurtures. There's loads of different things we can put them through depending on, you know, how much content you've got. But yeah, definitely give first. Unlike an e-commerce business where, you know, you might see a, a sparkling pair of shoes online and you're like, I love the sparkling shoes. I want the sparkling shoes. You buy them, right? You don't need to get to know, like, and trust the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, if you're a coach, consultant, or course creator, people do need that time to do their due diligence to see whether or not you're getting results. But then also, do they jive with you? Do they like you? You know, there's that uh, personality type thing as well, whether like I've been told, Sally, you are too bubbly. And I'm like, well, you ain't my people. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you tell me to not be so bubbly, well, that's just me not being me. Um, I can't help that I giggle a lot and I talk fast and I've got rainbow hair. Like it is me. It's what, it's the way I am. So people are going to figure out whether they like you or they don't with time. And that's why automation is so important is because it does the hard work for us so that we can spend time on the things that we love and also the things that we're good at and only we can do. Like showing up for a podcast or, uh, you know, doing live streaming or all of the things that only you can do, you should be and everything else you should be automating or outsourcing. Yes, love that, especially the point with the three to six months. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, I need to, you know, make X amount of sales by the end of the week, you know, what should I do? The answer is probably like, well, what did you do three months ago? Because that's what's going to, to give you the results here. So if you want to grow the um, grow your business, hey, what you're doing now, it might you might not get the sale today. You might not get it tomorrow, but watch your bank account in three months' time. So I, I love that. Now, questions in, in regards to this, this first funnel here, Sally. So, you know, someone opts into your lead magnet. They get four or five initial emails at the yep. start, uh, essentially asking them to book a call to a consult. Is yeah. that the rough overview there? Yeah, yeah. If if they're not at sort of that five to ten thousand dollar mark, I would always be saying go to consult because you'll actually make more money. You can sell a twenty five thousand dollar product in a consult. You can't do that without mm. a conversation. I mean, I wouldn't spend that much money with somebody unless I spoke to them first. Mm. So it's definitely the fastest path to profit. Um, but we have a formula with our first five sales emails. So the first one is it delivers the freebie, and it's a bit of an indoctrination. email. Email. So it lets them know if they've never been on our list before, it tells them all the places that they can find us. Now we have it automated that they either get an indoctrination email or they just get a normal one. Like we don't bombard them if they've been on our list mm. before. So we've got two different emails that we'll normally set up. The second email, we call it our value email. So we're not asking for anything in the second email. We're just adding extra value on top of the initial email that we sent out. So uh, always make it like the next logical step. How can you Mm -hmm. fill a tiny little gap? If uh, your lead magnet is A to B, then it's like B.5, not even to C. It's just the next little gap filler. So we go uh, the welcome email, the value email, and then we build a bridge between the free stuff And what our offer is going to be in email number four. Because remember the thing, give, give, give. We give in the first three emails. So the bridge, again, is filling a gap, but 
making sure it's linking well to what the offer is going to be in email number four. And uh, email four is called the offer. So we present the offer that we have for them and and why it's going to be of benefit to now take them to that next step. Make sure that the offer is congruent with the lead magnet. So for example, if your lead magnet is on time management, then your consult offer can't be on, you know, list building. It's it's not congruent. It needs to be named something sexy, like not, you know, um, not just a, a consult because first off, it <laughs> just rings alarm bells, right? Yeah, yeah. Give it a really sexy name, like a strategy session or a discovery call or an audit or something mm. uh, along those lines that's going to give them again more value. And then the last email is our scarcity email, which is, we, you know, this is the last chance to get in on this offer. Maybe, you know, nearly all spaces are gone or, you know, the limited, you know, limited thing there. So uh, that's in regards to the email. But I'd love to touch base on the actual landing pages as well because we always build two tracks in our automation. So we build a fast track for somebody who's ready to say yes at every step through the funnel of the landing pages because a funnel is not just your landing pages, it's your emails, it's loads of other things. Um, So your fast track is what happens on the landing pages for everyone that says yes. So do you want my freebie? Yes. Now, don't forget about that second page, the thank you page. It's one of the most underutilized steps of the marketing funnel. On that page, you don't just want to deliver the freebie. Do that in your first email, okay? Delay the first email by about five minutes so it gives them time to spend on the thank you page because you know what happens when the email gets delivered and you're looking at your phone, right? That little pop-up comes in at the top of your screen and then they click on it and then they leave your funnel. So make sure you delay the delivery of that first email by about five to ten minutes, Now, on the second page, you ask them to give away one of two things, either a little bit of money or a little bit of time. So, I mean, that's your tripwire funnel, which is a little bit of money. But the one we're talking about today is a little bit of their time because everything in life is a trade-off of time or money, right? So we ask them to give up time for a consult. And then what we actually do, and this is a, a thing that I had a shower thought about one day, I need to know when people view my calendar. So we also put in place, if they say yes to uh, the, the consult, we don't get them to book on that page. We get them to opt in to book. There's a little trick for you, right? Um, And by them opting in to book, it's squeezing their phone number out of them Mm. because we usually only get their name and phone number. If they're ready to book, the small thing they have to do additionally is give us a phone number. This is like gold right here. This actually increased my conversion rates and um, consults by over 50%. Wow. And and then I know that they've viewed my calendar page. And then... We automate the back end of that with a nine-step follow-up system. And if you want, I can give you the little, um, I've got a little uh, infographic I made for the nine-step follow-up as well. I can certainly share that with you as well. Um, But we automate the back end of that. And my staff pick up the phone and go, hi, I saw you viewed the calendar. Was there not a suitable time? 
Love it. Because how often do people get to that calendar page and they don't book? Yeah, me all the time. I right? click it, because, ah, I'm busy here, oh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered going yeah. to Google right now and seeing where it fits or the yeah. kid pulls on them and they've got to run off and fix something, right? So just by that, it literally was a shower thought one day and I felt like light bulbs going off. Now, I can't say most of the things in my brain aren't mine, right? I model success. I take other people's, but that one thing, the nine-step (laughs) follow-up, that's like mine. (laughs) And we ended up having to put on extra staff when I implemented that because we couldn't keep up with the amount of bookings and phone calls we were getting just by implementing that little tiny extra opt-in through the funnel. So we get all the yes, yes, yeses. Now, also, Mm. if they don't want a booking, you want to have a little button there that puts them through to a tripwire. No, not right now. Mm. and then offer them, okay, well, you don't want to give up some time. What about a little bit of money and offer them the tripwire? So there is no reason why you can't be offering each of those things through the funnel so that we get the fast track for those that are ready to say yes. And that's about 10% of your audience that will say yes all the way through. Mm. Then the slow track is the email. So what I Mm. always say is every time they hit a certain point when they can say yes Always ask yourself, but what if they don't? Mm. Now what? So I always say whenever I'm building, but what if they don't say yes? Now what? Well, we're going to send five emails. Now what if they don't open any of those emails? Now what? Well, we're going to automate a cycling offer. Mm. What if they click and don't book? Well, now what? Well, now we're going to put in the nine-step follow-up. So this is how we make sure that our leads never stop moving. They're always segmented well to what they're interested in. Love it. So hopefully that's super helpful. Like I've just given away (laughs) some gold there, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge money-making tips right there. (laughs) I'll even dumb it down because like I get that. It's awesome. That may have gone over some some listeners' heads. So I'll I'll see if I can simplify this. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So essentially what Sally's saying here is most people give a lead magnet, right? Hey, you want the free thing? Great. Here's your lead magnet. You enter in your details. You go over the next page and then there's the lead magnet there. Not the best way to do it for a few different reasons. What Sally's essentially saying is, yeah, great. Send them to the first opt-in page. Get them to opt-in. But instead of giving them the lead magnet on the next page, just email them over the lead magnet for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, now they actually have to open your email and move it out of junk and click the thing, which is going to help on multiple different ways. But also you get an opportunity to sell straight away, right? It's like, it's the best opportunity to sell. You know, they've entered their details. You know, you've seen that they're going to see that page there. That's an opportunity. Now, Sally's saying we might run with the time because I think that's an easier one to explain. Sally's, Sally's saying, great. You know, someone's opted into your free thing. A page then comes up, which essentially says, hey, you know, do you want to book a book a consult with me and we'll talk here and there. Now, that's great for a, a few different things because by having that consult, it's easier to sell. You know, yeah, you're going to make some sales via uh, automation, but it's just easier to sell via the phone or via the, the consult. And the other advantage is even if you don't sell via the consult, you're just getting really, really good info, especially if you're starting off. There's not, like, even if you have 10 conversations and nobody buys, as long as you know why they didn't buy and you're getting better each time. Okay, great. You're going to get better. You're going to know your customer better. Then maybe the 11th person buys. Then all of a sudden you're like, all right, cool. You know, I get what's going on here. Now I can start to automate it and put things on the landing page in the email and you're going to get better that way there. That's the, the overview of it. But Sally goes into a bit more detail. Instead of her, instead of just having a like a calendar link there and saying, great, book a call and, and have a time with me, which is what 
even that's advanced. Not many people will do that, but you know, that's, that's, um, that's a little bit advanced. If you did that, what Sally's saying is instead of doing that, someone will click the button to book and they go into like another opt-in page, which is like, great. You want to schedule with me? Cool. Just enter your phone number in here. We'll shoot you over an email for you to book a time. The advantage of that. Now you're getting a phone number, which is multiple different advantages then and there. You can, you know, you can do text follow-ups, you can give phone calls. Um, but even if they enter their details, but they don't book a time, Sally's team can follow them up. You know, there's someone interested because they at least entered their details there. You can give them a call or it's an, or it's an automation, you know, Hey, we see you didn't book a time, yada, yada, yada. So it's just many different things um, going on there. And then let me, so that's that side of it there. And then what Sally's saying or, or her whole formula is I'm going to segment it. So let's say, um, uh, that's a, how can I explain this? So let's say, for example, you know, someone, op- let's say they don't do any of that. No, I don't want to book a call. Great. They go through the email uh, sequence. Let's say they don't open any of those emails. They'll get a different email than if someone opened the email and clicked the link and, and didn't buy. So that's the, the simplified version there, right? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our best uh, things that we put on the back end of a a standard lead gen. um, So we've got like, eight main stages that we put our leads through. We make sure we fill each of those eight stages. Um, and, and that's actually the thing that I'm going to be teaching in that challenge is all of the eight stages. But we move them into a nurture. So if they don't buy, then they go into a really cool nurture called a cycling offer. And what a cycling offer does is if you've got, you know, half a dozen different things that you have available to continue to add value that leads to an offer or some of it can just be straight to offer. We set them up so that let's just picture there's six of them, right? And just picture six lines of emails going down. Okay. So you've got email offer one might be time management. Okay. They get the first email. Now, if they don't open it, it then moves to email number two, which might be on um, sales calls, okay? If they open the sales call email, they'll get delivered a sequence of emails that educates them and then offers them something regarding sales calls. And then if they take that offer, they'll go off into fulfillment. If they don't, then they'll go to the next one, okay? Now, let's say they do get pulled out and they go, it goes and does everything and then they don't end up buying or fulfilling or, or whatever. They go back, always returning to cycling offers. And so again, they started email one. Have they opened email one before? Yes or no? Yes. No, they haven't. Okay. Well, we'll send them email one mm. and then it'll get to e- the second one. 
have they opened it before? Yes or no? Yes, they have. I will skip that one and we'll go to three. So what happens is every time uh, when we have all of these offers set up, they never stop moving. Plus, we always we also get to see what different things we offer they're interested in by how many emails they open in each of those lines of emails. So if they open all five, wow, you know, that's 100% interested in sales calls. If they only open three on time management, they like it, but they're more interested in learning about sales calls. So we can now know that that's what we need to talk to this particular person about. Don't picture every email as, oh, it's an email. Wow, I've got 20,000 emails. Every email is a human on the other end and you want to get to human to human marketing. You've heard of B2B, right? And B2C, H to H, right? Every single email is a beautiful human. The quicker you can get a conversation with them, the quicker you'll make money, the quicker they'll get served and the more you can help them. So uh, by, you know, setting up your automation so you know how interested people are in all of your different offers, you don't need a massive list if you love on them well and you actually learn about them and spend time getting to know them. People think that automation is a dirty word and it's just spamming people. It's not. It's actually spending the time to learn about them by using your automation so that we can serve and love on them really, really well. And you'll make more money with a little list. Yes, love it. I think, uh, uh, Russ, have you got your hand raised there? Or was yeah, that a mistake? Oh. <laughs> um, so we're, you're in Australia, I'm in Colombia, our clients are in a different country. We're asking for a telephone number, but we can't call people because it's going to cost us a fortune on telephone calls. So are you just talking about a Zoom chat or are you doing a WhatsApp? Yeah. How, are you, yeah, how yeah. are you dealing with that? So we always start by getting them into Zoom because first off, you get to know people better by a face and a smile and you can feel their energy through Zoom. Years ago, like I was using Zoom back in 2014 and like I lived in Zoom and my clients would jump in and out of Zoom. Uh, I used to have to teach people how to use Zoom. Now with COVID, mm. I don't have to teach people every time. I used to send out instructions on how to get into Zoom. <laughs> I don't have to do that anymore. It's like, welcome to my world. All of a sudden, everybody's hanging in Zoom and knows what it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first we do that, but we also have a couple of other ways. So, if we are, if we know what their Facebook uh, uh, profile is, if you send them a message, you can get in through their DMs. Like you've seen the little phone thing there on uh, Facebook, you can call them. Um, they may not pick up, but they'll see that at least you tried to call and you can send them a message. Uh, another thing is, is we've got some staff overseas. We've just bought a voice over IP. So uh, they can call mobiles and landlines using a voice over IP and you can get different numbers for different countries so that uh, it's cheaper if you use the right number for the right country. Uh, also, yeah, WhatsApp, whatever works for them. At the end of the day, I'm going to do what works for them. Number one is always Zoom. Yes, always Zoom if I can, because that's the best way. People see you smile. They see your excitement, your passion for what it is that you do. Uh, and, and literally the barrier has dropped now. Like I used to always get, oh, no, 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 not camera, no camera. Um, now mm -hmm. everyone's just so used to it. I mean, if you've seen the videos, people even take Zoom to the toilet right <laughs> that's why i've got this virtual background you know i'm in my bedroom there's you know, it's a messy bed it's beer bottles there's pizza boxes but virtual background no one knows right <laughs> that's it 
I'll, 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 give, I'll piggyback off that as well. So I do, um, I'm a huge fan of, of phone numbers as well. It sort of depends on, on the business and there's many different things going on. Um, but I'll, like me anyway, the number that I've got in Australia, uh, I can unlimited calls to Australia and New Zealand, but I can also call, they call it like category one countries. They've got different categories or whatever. And the other countries where I do business in like USA, Canada, UK, that sort of stuff there, I get a certain amount of minutes, but it's a, it's a lot of minutes. Like I've never, just with my, um, my current phone plan, which is, I don't know, 50, 60 Australian dollars a month. Like I can pretty much call anywhere in the world with it with, without any extra um, cost on there. What I found is if the person's expecting the call, it's no dramas. You know, they know I'm calling. They know I'm from Australia. They've got it booked in. They go on a call. Um, if they don't know, so let's say they've just opted in and then, you know, I'm giving a call out of nowhere, the the um, answer rate is lower if it's overseas. You know, obviously, Australia to Australia, mo well, actually, most still most people won't pick up, but, you know, some people will pick up. You know, Australia to New Zealand, okay, not as many people will pick up as Australia, but most people pick up. Um, but USA to UK, it's it's harder. I'll see less pickups that way there. So I still do it. It's not so much a cost side of things. It's just I know people are less likely to answer the further away they are from me. Um, but if the call is booked in, it's it's no dramas. But I don't know how the phone companies work in, you know, Colombia and UK and America or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Run the math, though, because I've done it with clients in the past and they go, oh, it's really expensive. But then when you think about the cost of the sale and what your mm. acquisition costs are, sometimes the cost of that phone call, really, when you build it into your acquisition costs, doesn't really, if you're making and you, your value per leads like, you know, 10 grand or two grand or whatever it is, and it puts up your acquisition cost by five or $10, like, honestly, it's probably worth it. Uh, so just honestly run the math. Do the sexy numbers on them first before you write it off. Um, I know the app that we use, like in Keep, we get uh, a US number associated with that. So we can text directly from um, our CRM and uh, we can even call directly using the app that we use to text and it shows up in as American number. But here mm. in Australia and New Zealand, we just call straight from our phones. Um, so, yeah, there's always a way. Uh, if if you want to. Uh, text messaging, though, is, you know, fabulous. We always text. Um, we have a an automation set up that if somebody views our calendar within about two hours, we send a text because they always will still remember us. We've got like this rule. We've got lots of rules. <laughs> We've got a rule. Somebody needs to be called or texted within 24 hours because, yeah. you know, after that they'll forget who you are. Even if they don't pick up, when you do call them in three or seven days, they will remember you because of the text message that went out and said, hey, I saw you viewed my calendar, but you didn't book. Was there not a suitable time? Um, so, yeah, the text messages are always, you can automate those if you mm. can't make calls. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Sally, I want to be sensitive of, of your time. There's just a, a question or two I always like to finish up with. The first one is I usually ask the, the guest, you know, what uh, platform do you use to host your course on? But with your expertise, it might even be better to ask the stack, you know, hey, what's your, uh, yeah. what are the, the, you know, the top two or three or four or five softwares that, that, um, that you use or you recommend people use in that, in the whole, that sort oh, of yeah. automation space? I love this question because I've literally tried them all yeah. and I was a bit of a, a tech, you know, junkie, grabbing them all, trying them all. And then the migration of mm. moving from one platform to another. So what I would recommend, and I mean, this is my personal opinion, but, you know, honestly, if you are in this for the long game, 
set yourself up in the right software to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because really, if uh, say a one-on-one client, the average going rate, not that I like to work in hourly rates, you should always package things up. But the going rate just for a life coach is around $250 per hour. That's the industry standard. And then you've got executive coaches at $500 plus $1,000 an hour. To set yourself up with the right stack of software that you will scale to seven figures, you don't need all the bells and whistles. You only need five pieces of software and that's it. That's it. You honestly can buy all the other stuff, but you don't need to. One is Kajabi. That's my baby. Um, The way I like to explain Kajabi is picture it as your bricks and mortar shop. Okay. It's what the client sees. So out the front of the shop, you've got your billboards where your landing pages are saying, hey, come on in, check me out, right? They attract people to you. Uh, Then when they walk in the front door, you're on now your website and where your social media and all of that kind of hangs out and your links all go, go out from your website. So they walk around They test things, they get your freebies, you know, they're smelling the perfume and they're tasting the flavours all within your website, still what the client sees. Now they're ready to buy. Of course, Kajabi processes your payments. So your cash registers there and your checkout all within Kajabi. Once the product is purchased, they now get to go and hang out in the back room, having canapes in all of those little rooms, which are your programs, your courses, your membership programs, your your little mini trainings, even your freebies can all live on there. So Kajabi is your bricks and mortar store. Now think about how much you would pay to have a bricks and mortar store and to stock it, right? Not cheap. Kajabi is like 149 bucks a month or something along those lines. Honestly, it's less than a client a month. If you can't get one client a month, you don't have a software problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You have, you've definitely got a traffic problem. Now, the second one is Keep, which is your CRM. Now, don't just go and get an autoresponder. That's like your MailChimps, okay? Because they just do emails. A CRM shouldn't just be an autoresponder. It should be a sales and a marketing and a CRM automation platform. It should do all of those things. It assigns tasks for my team. I have uh, funnels that I watch clients move through. Yes, it does my emails. It does my text messages. It literally emails my distributor when I need to post boxes so I don't they know what to put in the boxes for people. Um, now, this is, if you picture your bricks and mortar store, it's the back office. It's the mess. It's the folders. It's the in trays and it's the uh, it's the folders and the payments and the you know all of the customer files it's the post-it notes all around your screen right that's what your CRM is it may not look pretty like Kajabi but it's the beating heart of your business so you do not lose leads through the cracks okay now the other thing you need is Zapier it makes them talk to each other it's just a little piece of software in the middle that says when someone opts in here please send that information to the back office right um and then the other one I always say oh, we use is Acuity or Calendly if you want but we use Acuity um it's for your calendar booking stuff now we always keep does it the only thing is is and i'm asking for them to fix this and once it's fixed you won't even need that other piece of software but with calendly and acuity is you can say only let me book 
you know, a week into the future where mm. at the moment Keep doesn't have that restriction so they could book months or years into the future. The problem with that is you want to get them in within the first seven days if they're interested in booking. It's the only reason why we use Acuity at this stage, but as soon as it fixes, we can toss that one out the window. And the other one is Canva because you've got to make graphics and, you know, all of the things that make your business look pretty. So if you're not, uh, if you don't, like I used to teach graphic design at university level and, and stuff. So, um, so marketing and sales is in my blood, but graphic design also. And, um, but if you're not into all of the Adobe stuff, then Canva is your way to go. And that was actually developed by an Aussie. Okay. Uh, she lives in Sydney. Yeah. Um, uh, lucky she saw me promoting it and uh, reached out. I was one of her first creative, uh, certified creatives in her community. But honestly, that's all you need. All the other programs and the pretty things that everyone's telling you you need to have, you don't. It's just bells and whistles. It's not what's going to get you to that six-figure six mark at least. Like I always say, until you're getting consistent $10,000 months, Forget the software. Just set mm. yourself up in the right package or the right stack of software and then turn it on, yeah. <laughs> right? It is not the software that's going to make your business. It's you turning it on. You, if you look at all of these multi-million dollar course creators out there, they're not all using the same software, but what they are doing is turning it on, right? It, so pick your stack. That's my stack. We used to teach all of the things, lead pages, click funnels, active campaign. I mean, all of the things, and then when we niched it down to we just do keep and Kajabi, if you are not into tech, hey, well, let me just tell you what to use. Mm. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, but honestly, turn it on. But that's what I would recommend. Have your front house, what the client sees. Make sure you've got a really robust CRM. There is no platform out there that does both well. Mm. Um, I just haven't come across it yet. I've tried them all. They all claim to, but they don't have, when you have the, those two main pieces of software, uh, you will scale to seven figures. No worries. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Well, hey, Sally, I want to be sensitive of your time. That's pretty much all I wanted to go through today. Yeah. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't, or is there anything you want to finish us off with? Um. I uh, don't know <laughs> about <laughs> what I should have said because I just kind of wing it here and because I know what I love and I love to talk about it. Um, but what I would say, I guess, uh, for anyone who's starting out, model success, mm. right? Don't try and reinvent the wheel. I do find a lot of my art clients are like, oh, no, I've got to do it this different way. No, you don't. <laughs> do your art your way, but do your sales and marketing and automation proven strategies where you have seen results. I recommend getting yourself a coach. I see, you know, the guys in the room here, they've got one, which is fabulous. Everybody should have a coach. Um, honestly, I mean, the coach of all coaches, Tony Robbins, he's got six on the books at any one time. I have three coaches. Um, everybody should. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Um, so, yeah, model success. Surround yourself with successful people and hire people that are better at the things that you are not good at. That's probably my tips. There you go. Yes. Love them. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Sally, thank you very much for your time. 
You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jonah. This has been great. And whenever I get to talk about automation, I get all fired up and it's a good way to start the day. (laughs) I agree. And if you're listening on the podcast, don't forget, follow Sally on the links in the show notes and also check out her challenge below. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.